Well, welcome to the third episode of the Top 4 Podcast. Everyone's here today. We will be talking about quite a few things, but mostly we're going to be focusing on just like personal stuff since there's really not much going on in the world of soccer right now, uh, world football in general. Although we do know the Germans are going to sound like they're going to save us with a little bit of live sport here soon, hopefully within a few weeks, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, anyway, I just want to really just start out. Let's asking you guys how you're doing right now. Like is everything mentally real surviving. I think we're all, we're all maintaining, I think about that. Yeah. Can't say, Everyone, can't say ev- it's great. Can't say it's horrible, you know, somewhere in between. I would have to, you know, agree with that. Uh, getting ready to go back to work here in uh, Colorado, maybe. So times are getting back. Yeah. Did, did everyone uh, watch the Jordan documentary the other night? Must watch. I did not. Oh, is it? Okay. Is it? Is it good? It's must watch. It's awesome. It's must yeah. watch. I need to get in on that then. Just got to get the kids to yeah. sleep, and uh, I watch you know fifteen minutes at a time before I fall asleep. Yeah, it's literally like the first time, I think, in a while, everyone. I think pretty much in the country is watching a documentary for the most part. Yeah, oh, not, every, not everyone. Crazy ratings, six point three million overnight on the first episode. Crazy for Oof. a non-live sporting event. Yeah, it was pretty awesome, and I think it's going to just get even better because it's showcasing all the craziness of one Jordan's like awesome, but he's also a psychopath and just mm-hmm. all that for sure. And then you get it's, it's kind of like rock. watching your childhood through a different lens too. Like you're seeing oh, everything. Everything of my childhood, I'm watching from behind the scenes, which I, it was like fascinating what it did to my mind watching that. Like I was literally a little kid watching. I sat in silence for two hours. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even know all the kind of so for Ed, Ted. Um, so basically, you have like each episode is kind of like focusing on different players. The second episode was focusing on focusing on Pippin. I didn't really realize he was like so screwed up over his contract and stuff like that, and. It also shows how far we've come in sports today that guys can hold out for better contracts if they sign a bad long-term deal and, and guys restructure often. Like back, back in the 80s, that wasn't a thing. 90s, sorry, that was the late 90s. But like that, that kind of stuff wasn't a thing. So we've come pretty far when it comes to player uh, freedoms and the players bettering themselves. For sure, for sure. Yeah, Pippen was making like 2.6 mil over – seven seasons and Jordan at the end of the day was making like 30 mil. So pretty, pretty crazy. He was like the 122nd paid best played player in the league. And he was probably a top five player at the time. Oh, hundred wow. percent. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, enough NBA chat. Um, let's get a quick state of the union. Um, the premier league were supposed to hold a meeting on Friday this past Friday. So we're recording on a Tuesday that to kind of talk about, what what the situation with the league is going to be? I, they they keep pushing, kicking the can down the road. At this point, um, at this point, it's just like I think they're just taking meetings just to show that they're kind of trying to do something. Um, yep. So there's nothing really going on there. Um, Arsenal just uh, announced that the majority of their players are taking a 12.5 percent pay cut to um, help out their help out their teams or help out their um, the non-playing staff um, and the club itself. I think we'll start seeing a lot more clubs going this route. Uh, and I, I think, think they're all in discussions right now. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of the clubs themselves, I think there could be some issues with uh, just cash flow in general with some of these smaller clubs. So 
we'll see how that pans out over the next few weeks. Um, looks like Newcastle United is going to be taken over by um, the Saudis at this point. So that'll be interesting. And then really the only other real news we have is the Bundesliga, which we all have just became number one fans of. So Big fan. best league, but... <laughs> best league in the world. Best league in the world. Yeah, I've best best league in the world going right now. That's right. So who's so so who I've you said riding? It for days, who's... boys. Said it for days. <laughs> who are you guys riding right now in the Bundesliga? Anybody that wants to kick a ball for ninety minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pick like a. I think I'm going to go with like Leverkusen or something, some random team just for the. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Leipzig. Oh, uh, you stole mine. Okay. Oh, there you go. Well, you can. We can. Hey, you can be the. You can both be the fans of Leipzig. It's totally. Yeah, fine. we can have a. We can have. We can outnumber them for the first time. Or oh, you're always in That's the big right. number. That's true. <laughs> just keeping it, keeping it constant. <laughs> uh, so, it looks like they're saying May 9th is what they're shooting for. So far, the. Uh, so basically, they're saying as long as they get approval from the governors, essentially in Germany, which Bayern's the people that run Bayern, some the Munich governor, and then the guys, obviously Dortmund have both, both approved it. They'll have to get federal government approval at this point, but obviously with Germany being more efficient as usual than everyone else, and they have a ton of testing available. Um, it looks like it's going to happen. So it's going to be behind closed doors. Obviously they, I just read today. It looks like they're not planning on opening up stadiums until 2021, um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited to have some live football back for sure. Definitely. So who, obviously team-wise, outside of that, um, who are you guys like most forward to watching from a like young player, young player, or even just player in general, when when it all starts back up in the Bundesliga? I'll jump in. I'm uh, staying on the Leipzig train. Young American who's been hurt for a lot of the year, but I'm fired up to watch him play. Tyler Adams. Um, all the reviews you get from people in Europe are really good. Um, I don't think Americans, we've gotten to see him play a ton. So he's somebody I've had my sights on all year. I've been waiting for him, and he's on the team. He, he should be in the 11 now, coming out of injury. Um, he's always in their top 11 and haven't gotten too many chances to see him. So this is a good time. Plus, we got a bunch of Americans in Bundesliga, so it's a good time for us to get to watch some American guys. I think that's a good point. That's actually probably going to help ratings even – I mean, outside of being the only sport really on TV right now, there's going to be a ton of Americans playing in the league, which will be really cool. And just being able to, like, see those guys, especially because the national team is pretty trash right now. So being able to see those guys and see what's coming through will be will be pretty pretty great. What about what about you, Lewis? Yeah, so uh, I'll stick with Leipzig as well. Um, I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, Deo Upamancano. Uh, because yep. Arsenal's been linked with him forever. Uh, we're in need of a centre-back, surprisingly, with the 10 we seem to have who are all trash. Um, so between him and Kai Havertz at uh, Leverkusen, one of those two. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Uh, Upa Makano is going to be mine, or Upa Makano. I'm not really sure how. But like you said, for sure he's one of mine. What about you, uh, Ted? I think Alfonso Davies for me. I think he's uh, mm-hmm. saw a little snippet of him in the MLS, and obviously he got got whisked away. But seen him a couple of times uh, this season already with with, with Bayern, and seeing kind of pace is uh, is is pretty incredible. Um, I think the end product probably 
need some developing, but um, I think this definitely gives him a shop window moment since it's going to be the only uh, only league in the world. So I mean, looking at this is a little bit hypothetical for us all, but uh, the likes of uh, Real Madrid, Marcelo is probably aging out as time goes on, and uh, probably a good shop moment, shop window moment for him. That's why he's in my eleven. I was going to say he's. I think I have a feeling Alfonso is going to pop up a couple times. This is this conversation or tonight for sure. Some of the other comp, uh, questions we'll be talking about. Mine is um, I actually want to keep an eye on Giovanni Reina just to see how he goes through Dortmund. He's played a, a few games lately with them and he's connected pretty well with uh, Erling Holland, which was going to be one of my, it was probably another option for me just because he's a beast, but just to see how they get along. Um, and obviously they'll be involved in the, I don't know, let me let me pull up the Bundesliga table. I'm not really sure where it stands, but I'm pretty top, sure are they top still top four are pretty close. Is it? Yeah. You got it in front of you right now. Pulling it up right as yep. Um, Munich on 55 points, Dortmund on 51, Leipzig on 50, Mönchengladbach on 49, Leverkusen on 47. Okay, so there's top five there. That's going to be pretty, pretty competitive for sure. So that'll be good. Yep, going into it. All right, so yeah, that's those are mine for sure. Um, obviously, there's a couple other players in there that'll be interesting to watch. I would imagine with a four point lead, Bayern Munich probably. Is, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many games they have left. Probably about ten or eleven or twelve. But you would think they probably wrapped up just because of the way that league usually pans out. But hope, hopefully not. And then at least the top four race will be will be pretty strong. Is which... is Royce going to be fit for Dortmund? I don't know. I haven't seen anything saying he's coming back anytime soon, but uh, I don't know if anybody else has heard anything about that. Because I could definitely – I'm a Bundesliga expert, by the way, now. So, <laughs> I think that if, yeah, since Saturday. So, I think if Royce comes back, then Dortmund can make it a, a title race. But that's my that's my expertise that I've come up with in the past three days. I mean, the, the team is, the team is sk- stacked if you actually, like – Think about Hummels, Götze, Sancho, Holland. Like they've got, they've got a pretty good team. It's just obviously Bayern usually buys all those guys from them anyway. Well, I definitely didn't just look this up, but uh, Royce <laughs> will be back April thirtieth. Oh wow! Oh, just yeah. in time. We'll see if my prediction pans out. There we go. We'll we'll mark that we'll mark that down for sure. So speaking of up Makano and how he's been linked to Arsenal. Uh, for the last probably about two years now, since last season at least, last summer. What do you guys think the transfer you'd most like to see happen for your specific club? Because Liverpool's pretty much stacked as it is. So I've gone with Isco. He's been linked to City for the last seven years. So, And I think to Liverpool for two. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's obviously not playing as much as everybody thought he probably should or thinks he probably should at at Madrid and uh, he would he brings something a little bit different in terms of what we'd have centrally and obviously he can pop out wide a little bit at times as well but you know I think it's uh, maybe something a little bit different we've got kind of three our midfield three is very workmanlike on the whole you know like I say Chamberlain brings a little bit more you know dynamic movements going forward but in terms of having a more traditional attacking midfielder who can kind of find a, a final pass I think it would bring something kind of interesting to, to what can we do. 
Yeah, he's 28 years old, so if he's going to move, he's got to do it now. Too. For sure. Yeah. It's weird. Real Madrid's a super weird club. They've got so much talent. And then Zidane came in, and Isco used to be his boy, but it seems like he's still not really broken through again. So we'll see. Can That's play. a good shout. Who would he, who would he come in for, do you think? It's very interesting because, I mean, Fabinho, obviously, before he got injured, was talked about, you know, as one of the, the better holding the field players in the world. And I think when he came back from the injury, he was limited. He seemed a little bit off of it, a touch. So, I mean, you're looking at that and then Henderson drops back one. I think Wijnaldum has worked his way into being an ever-present just from a pressing standpoint. And uh, obviously him and him and Milner can kind of interchange it a touch to give some rest. But yeah. that third midfielder, I think, would open up a spot. Um, whether, you know, Oxlade-Chamberlain, I think, throughout his career has proven to be it's been a challenge for him to play week in, week out. Um, he also presents some very different options. Oxley Chamberlain's a runner. Isco's more of a passer. It, it, it could change some games based upon how teams set up against us, I think. Yeah, you could always, I mean, like you said, you could always rotate Ox through the front three, too, if you needed to. So, Which would open up that option. Or at least on the... Yeah. Right, exactly. Because right, right now it's Origi, who only scores when the game is massive. So, <laughs> Yeah. Well, you guys, I mean, you've always said, I feel like the bench could all, you know, like squad depth's always been an issue. So that he would definitely help in that regard. For 100%. Sure. Which is, just, is interesting for, I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens with Danny Ceballos this summer. I imagine he's probably going to go back, but we'll see. We'll, we'll figure it out. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go, Garbs. What do you got? Who are you bringing in? Ben Chilwell. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at, Outside of this year with the Laporte injury, but I that that was a long, long injury. I don't expect that much from him. Um, most people would think he'd bring in a center back, but I feel left back has been our weakest spot all year this year. Um, Zinchenko missed a lot of time. And Zinchenko, brilliant for what he did. I mean, 100 points with him playing at left back as a 21-year-old who'd never played left back, but at the, he's not a left back. Um and Chilwell, Mendy off the knee injury has never been the same all year this year. He had some moments of being good. I think he lost two steps of pace, um, which was kind of his thing. And <laughs> I don't know how reliable he is as a human or as an athlete. So I think <laughs> having a reliable left back that's going to get the job done every week, um, I think that's a huge thing that City need right now. Have you guys been linked to him? Because I mean, yeah, that, there's there's been some links recently, but I, I, and it's been going since a lot of people thought we would make a move for him in January. Um, but there's a lot of links there. You know how that goes. Man United will probably pay twice the yeah. twice the bill for him. So, well, they've got they. Oh, I guess you guys are left back. So Luke Shaw. Probably not really cut right now. Luke Shaw has a couple extra. <laughs> Every time I watch him play, I think he gained five to ten pounds. <laughs> well, the other thing too, I'm, I'm just funny just googling both both those guys. Chelsea are linked to them, so it seems like Chelsea's been linked to every single player in the freaking world at this point. Newcastle so. next. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We can talk about them in a, in a little bit. I'm interested to see what you guys think. I've seen some rumors going around, but. Uh, Lewis, who are you going I'm with? I'm going to go with uh, the Bundesliga player that I want to watch the most, uh, Opa Makano. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
mostly because our center backs are all in their late 20s, early 30s. None of them are uh, particularly good, uh, which is a problem. So uh, he's young, supposedly good, athletic, aggressive. Um, Rob Holding was kind of the young, up-and-coming guy that I'd hoped for. And then, um, I guess, ACL tear. And since then, he's not really been in the team much. So we need to bring in someone young. So that's kind of where I'm going with him. Well, hey, the jury's still on on our boy Pablo Marie. So yeah. We're, uh... He is extremely slow. <laughs> yes, that is. He's very much mm-hmm. a pyramid of sacker speed level. Not great for the way <laughs> for the game's sure. been going lately. No. So it depends on the reading of the game, though. Like, pair, pair managed to hang out, but he needs a partner if he's, that's going to be quick for sure, which by all accounts, Epic Meccano is for sure. So that'll be interesting to watch. I'm going to go. I think for, for Arsenal fans, there's one of two choices here, or there's two choices. So. Lewis had my, had the first one, and I'm going to go Thomas Pardey, uh, which was uh, which is pretty much the other guy we've been linked with for for a while. Rumors came out today that Arteta's been reaching out, but he's a defensive midfielder for Atletico. For those who don't know, anyway, he's he's been an absolute stud. But um, the other other rumors are that Atletico are pushing really hard to keep him, and they're talking about doubling his wages. So we'll see how that goes, but. I don't know. Torreira hasn't really worked out, and there's been a lot of chatter around him going back to Italy, which would be fine if it would get us. I'm sure we could send him back to Sampdoria, Sampdoria and get some get some decent cash for him. Shaka, I we haven't really talked about him lately. There's been no football, but Lewis and I pretty much have made it well known that he's very limited. He's good at what he does, but what he doesn't do, he's very bad at. Um, in that case, but. There's also the case of the fact that everyone in the Arsenal dressing room seems to think he's like a supreme leader, which is pretty interesting. But either way, um, he's also had some pretty bad issues with Shaka, that is, in terms of like connecting with the fans. He seems to have turned it around lately, but there was definitely a pretty bad <laughs> moment earlier in the season, um, for sure. So I think from a defensive midfielding standpoint, uh, Parde would be it. Our midfield is going to be interesting next year because Isco or not Isco, Ceballos is up in the air. He's probably going back. I can't see us making that permanent based off current evidence. Ozil, who knows what the <laughs> hell is going on there? Shaka. <laughs> so you got. I mean, you could potentially get rid of Shaka, Ozil. I mean, technically, Mkhitaryan's back on the squad, so who knows there? Uh, and then you're you're left with like Willock, Gwendozi. Gunduzi. So yeah. two players is good. And then Yeah. So basically two players, yeah. <laughs> so and Reese Nelson, I guess, if really you can consider him a midfielder. Who knows what's going on the Ainsley Maiton the Niles. So yeah, the midfield's gonna be a big rebuilding situation. So I feel like parties are definitely a guy you could you could build your, your team around for sure. All right, so let's talk about that because um speaking of people that like so, for example, there's definitely some midfielders out there that Arsenal have let go in the past. And I think um, for me, like we want to talk about what, what player you probably most forget letting leave since we're bringing, talking about bringing players in. Let's talk about letting players out. Who would you, who are you the one that you who, – which, sorry, which player is the one that you most regret letting go from your team that turned out to be pretty much a beast? I'll let, I'll let Lewis go first because I think him and I probably okay. – I have three players, uh, but I'll I'll because you know we okay. we've we've let go about no. twenty five. I, I actually I actually I, yeah, 
I have I have five right now on my list. So okay. choose whoever um, you want. I'm gonna go with Sask. Um, probably got my okay. arm twisted by uh, his interview with um, Arsblog. Yeah, it was great. Arsblog. Um, yeah, podcast overall is great, but that one was pretty good. Uh, obviously, a great great player, and then goes to Barcelona, which I can understand. Seeing him come back and play for Chelsea was tough. Um, I think he could have helped us through some of our years that were, you know, on the down uh, side of things. So I'm going to go with Sask. Good shout. What about you, Garbs? I'd have to go, and this is a recent yeah. one. It looks right now, Jaden Sancho. Um, guy's class. I know he didn't get on well with Pep at the beginning. Um, some things happened. I mean, I think jury still might be out on him on – on attitude and locker room type stuff. Um, but as a player, I mean, letting that walk, especially when he came through your academy, is really tough. Um, and if I wouldn't say him, I think one that's about to happen in the next year is going to be even worse is Leroy Sané. Uh, he's been linked with Byron all the time, and if he ends up going, that's that's a young player who's 23 years old, about to be in the prime of their career, who – basically got better every game he played. So if we if we let Sané walk, and it's kind of up to him now because he's got one year left on his deal, um, that's going to be a big one. And I don't even know if a fee that we would cover from letting him go would be worth it because I think the kid's that good. So there's one and then one possible for the future. What um What's the chat around? Why did you guys let Sancho go in the first place? I remember it was one of those things where – we we had a couple kids in the youth system then that were all ready to come up, and I don't think Pep wanted to loan him out. I think he wanted to keep him around, and Sancho didn't want to sit around and not get game minutes, kind of like the situation Foden's in now. Um, and I think – I'm pretty sure that's why he went, because I, I don't think Pep wanted to loan him out. Gotcha. So he just didn't want to sit in the reserves for another couple of years. Or right, year, and I so. think that his decision has worked out to the benefit of himself, you know. Um, go to a club like Dortmund and make an impact as such a young guy. And I mean, if you're a young kid and you want to make a name for yourself, there's not really a better place to go than to Dortmund. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's interesting that like a lot of lot a lot of players now, more and more of the younger ones are going to the Bundesliga. It seems like it definitely is the league to like really get to see young young talent develop, which will be again awesome to watch for the next for the next for month sure. or so. All right, Ted. Ted, what time. do you got? Yep. Yeah, no, no hesitation. He played. Uh, was there just a fa- was there just a falling out there? Or what happened? Question. Um, not really. I, mean, I know he went. He went through. It was there. Uh, Two thousand nine when he left. Um, you know, and I think mm-hmm. a, a lot of it was. <laughs> and this is going to make everybody laugh. Um, he was under Benitez, which you think Spanish manager would support him, but a lot of the rumours were that um, Benitez made several attempts to sign Gareth Barry from As- from A- from Aston Villa that mm. he felt was undermining his place. So he uh thought he was forced out the door. But um I mean they're pretty comparable in terms of <laughs> skill level. Yeah, they're very 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 comparable. Um no I think that that's, that was the final thing. And obviously, you know, he went to Madrid and played over hundred and fifty times for Madrid. So I mean he had a a good career and obviously into Bayern as well, but uh, I still feel he had a good good amount of years. 
left in the old Basque lad that we could have uh, we could have really helped had at that time, especially that was right leading into our, our, our nightmare years, to be honest. But um, no, that definitely is Abby Alonso. No questions asked. You talk about Torres and Suarez all you want, but uh, I think Alonso is anyone that left with uh, reasons other than financial. Mm-hmm. So to link back to what Lewis was talking about with the Arts Blog podcast about Sesc. So he actually talks about they asked the question like what player do you always regret like we didn't sign while you were there and that he all he straight up just says Jabi Alonso <laughs> he was like texting him the whole time he said he they, it was all done like everything was like ready to go and I can't remember what happened at the very end it might have been something like Wenger didn't think he was worth the money or whatever it was but like the the, the fee that was asked or the salary but Sesk was like. If we had Chabi Alonso, he's like guaranteed would have won the league that year. Like Lewis, I had about ten or fifteen <laughs> players on our list. Uh, I think just right now, if we're looking at it, uh, Serge Gnabry is probably the one we regret the most. He's still doing. Uh, he's still doing your work for you against Spurs, though. <laughs> oh, he 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 owns London. I hope we never play them <laughs> while he's on them because he destroys every London team that he ever plays against. So <laughs> we're. Definitely, definitely him. Um, from that standpoint, I could have honestly gone with anybody else, really. Like Van Percy, if he had stayed for another year, instead of, if we had him instead of Giroud, like that would have been great. But Gennari looks like he's just developing into like the, the player that we all kind of saw he was, and still not really sure why we decided to loan his ass out to West Brom. Um, West Brom. Tony yeah. Pulis. Yeah, like of all the of all the teams, you would think that were like not really lining up. With the values that Arsene Wenger preaches, a Tony Pulis team would definitely be up there uh, for sure. Maybe only Sam Allardyce, second round Pardew, but really. So anyway, that that he he he's come out and said that was pretty much the nail in the coffin from that prospect, and he's now linking up with Alfonso Davies and just tearing tearing the life out of teams, especially in, in the Champions League. So definitely miss out on that one for sure. All right, welcome to the second half of the pod, which we pretty fondly refer to as the banter era of the pod or banter time, where we just kind of ask some questions that we've been talking about throughout the week to each other. We kind of give our answers, and then at the very end, we'll also go into our Fantasy 11, that uh, feature that we started last week. we talked a lot in the first half about youth prospects, specifically in the Bundesliga. I think a lot of the players that we talked about, we wanted to like look at and and learn about which player youth prospect you're most excited to watch, and it can be any team, not just your team or not just any you know any team in in the in the football world right now. So obviously, we only really have one right now, but I'll shoot this over to Garbs and. Uh, I'm going with there. the Bundesliga player that you were the most excited to watch, um, Gio Reyna. I think next few weeks it'd be huge with Royce back. I'm not sure how many minutes he gets, but if he does get minutes, just being able to watch. I watched him play Champions League and comes on, had a good foot in the game right away, unreal ball through to make an assist for Holland. Um, I think the kid's class. I'm hoping more than anything he is because it's crazy right now, U.S. youth system. Like, we have good – 
decent young midfielders, and that's never really been a thing for us. Um, might not have the upfront goal scorer, but midfielders, we have some young, talented guys, Adams, McKinney, and Reyna, and I want to check him out. I hope he gets some more minutes. Um, to be 17 and having just gotten there this year and already getting minutes with the first team is a huge accomplishment. And I imagine if a kid's built like that, that he's just going to keep getting better. And his dad's legend, dad's a legend too. So, which, which I legend. do love <laughs> for sure. All right, Ted, what do you got? Two, one's one's Liverpool player, and one okay. is not. Um, hey, rules are rules are made to be broken. So I'll do whatever you want here. Um, Liverpool's Curtis Jones. <laughs> um, obviously, only. 19. Um, is he the one with the with the crazy hair? Nah, like, like, kind of that's hard, yeah. Curtis Jones is the one who scored the, uh, the curler top, top bins against us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. he's obviously a centre field player, but he's he's kind of got a bit about him. The Liverpool boy he played this since he was nine, so he's uh, you know been with, with the club for a long time. Um, got a bit about him in terms of he backs himself. You know, I think he thinks he probably should be playing a bit more than he is, which I, which I have a lot of time for to a certain extent. But obviously, once you get your moment, you've got to you've got to take it. So I think he's uh, he's got a lot a lot about him. He can play potentially out in a wide area, potentially centrally as well. So I think he's he's one that we look for for Liverpool amongst a group of good young ones that are being brought on. To be fair, um, and then going German again, just because we might actually see him play. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mr. Havertz, I think, is one that uh, I'm intrigued to see. Um, lots of talk about him being sent here and everywhere at you know ridiculous amounts of money. Um, but I mean, ha- who is this, by the way? Sorry, Kai Havertz or Havertz, Havertz, Havertz. Have you want to say his name? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Got you. Yep. He's 20 and like six foot two, um, so very much a, an athletic player that was, intrigues me. And then. Final one. I'll leave somebody else. If it doesn't happen, I'll uh, I'll jump in and say again if it doesn't happen. But uh, we'll move on to somebody else. Let's let's shoot back to garbage real quick. Who is the city player, young prospect you're most looking forward to seeing? You can't, can't say, say Foden. I'll go Garcia then. <laughs> I'll go Garcia. Okay. I mean, he got minutes, big games this year actually, and did really well. Ball playing center back. Um, I was a little worried about how he'd hold up physically, but he seems because he's not not that big of a guy. Um, but it seems like he's he's doing fine with it, and he's come up through the academy. And it would be really nice if we could have a homegrown center back instead of having to go out. And I feel like the market in center backs is so hit or miss, and usually have to pay a pretty penny for a guy. So if we could just pro- promote Garcia from within, I was going to say Foden, but I was quick on my feet there, so. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel I feel pretty bad for telling you you can't choose a nineteen year old, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> it is. I feel like he's been coming up through the ranks forever. So even though he's only nineteen, don't ask Pep um, about it. He'll tell you he got right, plenty of games. Yeah, for sure. For this sure. was this was a tough one. Um, Lewis, who you got? Arsenal's youth teams the last couple of years have been extremely good. Um, I've watched highlights of them pretty much every week during the year. Um, I think there's some obvious ones that Cisno might pick one of them. I'm going to go with Reese. Reese, no, take it, take actually. it from me, take it from me. Um, if you watched him when he played in the okay. youth okay. sides, he was just unreal. Um, and went into 
Germany and tore that up for a while, then got hurt. And um, Mikel Arteta recently has said that the, the talent is crazy. He said he's uh, Raheem level. Uh, but that he got so good so young that he developed problems when he was playing in like the youth team because he didn't really have to try. Uh, and then recently towards the end of, well, not the end of the season, but the end of the playing period, you really saw him come on in the last couple of games um, and just skill, pace, everything that you want. So if he can keep that going, uh, I think he could be great. Yeah, him and... Uh... Him and um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles when the first game I think it was against Chelsea linked up really well. He had and he's had he's had some really good games. What was it against mm-hmm. Leeds or whatever when he came on and like he pretty much dominated that entire game. I can't remember, but um, if you want to, do, is there worldwide someone that uh, you were thinking about or is I was Arsenal mainly. So I was released and then there was probably three more that I'm excited about, which is just more of a homegrown thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So for me, Alfonso Davies, just because we'll probably be able to, we'll be able to keep track and watch him, and just watching him and how he tore up uh, Chelsea in the in the uh, in the Champions League was great. He just signed a long term contract for uh, Bayern. I think he's up through twenty twenty five now, which is pretty crazy. You, you know, I mean, he's Canadian, which sucks. Yeah, you don't really see too many. It's such a wave. So, I wish you was American. I know it's like it's like damn it, but um, it's it's pretty rare you see an MLS prospect actually go over and really tear it up. And it's obviously Bayern Munich. Kudos to their scouting department spotting that and bringing him over. But he obviously looks like the real deal. And like I think Ted was saying earlier, it's there's a little bit to work on in this game, but he's definitely. I think he's definitely going places for sure. And if Byron's signing you to long-term contracts after just a, a year playing, it's it's pretty great. Um, and then if I had to go homegrown, um, pretty hard to choose between Bukayo and Gabby Martinelli. But I think just from a standpoint of the stories that are coming out that have come out about Martinelli and like his work that work ethic and the fact that he came from like nowhere in Brazil. So kudos to Edu for scouting him, but. And he just scores goals, which is a very hard thing to to kind of teach. So and he would be my homegrown. Um, I was going to add on sure. to that. Um, I don't know if you saw it today. I think uh, someone that uh, a Cesc Fabregas kind of text or a tweet thing. Uh, someone asked him the player he'd most want to play with currently uh, in the entire Arsenal squad. Gabby was his answer. So I think that says a ton. There was a story that came out, I think, yesterday. They were just kind of talking to Kieran Tierney, who we haven't, we've only seen like play three or four games. But he said the first game he, when he came over, when he finally signed him, he was matched up against uh, Gabby Martinelli, and Gabby like tore him to shreds. And he was like, "Oh, this is the this is the level I have to be at to play for Arsenal." And it's like this guy just came from Brazil, like the, the third division of Brazil, like that. If that's what you know, if that's how good that dude was, then. That, that that speaks volumes for for him for sure. All right, so we've obviously been without football for I don't know. I feel like it's been six seven weeks now. What is the most disappointing thing or like thing you most regret about losing in terms of time wise from from these last few months of football and probably I mean at this rate maybe even going forward the whole season. 
Um, I'm going to start here because this is my question. So my whole thing was, and we link it to what we were just talking about, young prospects at Arsenal. My whole, my whole thing has been actually regretting not being able to see how the young players come through. So at Arsenal, you've had Willick, you've had Reese Nelson, you've had Bakaya Saka, you've had Gabby Martinelli, and they were getting pretty good minutes in terms of playing time. And Arteta is always straight up from the, the, the moment he said go, if you work hard and you show me you're going to participate in training, like absolutely you're going to get your playing time. Um, if you screw up, um, like when Doozy did, like you're definitely going to be sat. So that's kind of been my biggest regret is I feel like the season definitely was pushing into a wash, although the last few weeks before everything got shut down, there was a pretty far outside chance Arsenal could somehow make the Champions League, whether City's ban held up or if they even made a push in terms of just somehow winning, a, putting a string of wins together or even just through the FA Cup. That would have been great to see. So that's my biggest regret is not being able to watch how those players develop because they would have been able to get like massive minutes in terms of playing time for sure. So, and I was super excited to watch that development. And it's interesting, like, I don't know, Ted, from your perspective, are the, is that like development time lost in terms of like, they're going to be a year older next year or how would you kind of like see that? Or is, maybe that's something you're going to talk about. I don't no, know. I think so let's go to you. Your, your question, I think it is definitely something that's, it can't be replaced. Matches can't be replaced. You know, you're looking at, we've missed, what, since March, what was it, 12, something like that approximately so you're looking at you've already missed yep. a month which at youth level could be anywhere from oof, it could be four to six matches um, it's going to go on for another four at least and you know that the priority is not going to be under 18 or under 23 matches it's going to be playing first team matches they do get back into play so you're looking at hopefully most clubs I think will do it they'll promote a lot of the, the top under 18s and you know maybe even younger to train with the first team when they can start training again but obviously there's some distancing um, scenarios there they've got to contend with but um, I think it definitely is a it's, a it's a difficult one I think you can see a lot of players that will probably want to come back as soon as they can and uh, you know, whether that's July for a new season or September for a new season it's going to be important to get them playing games again because ultimately the, the transition from playing under 18 football to men's football doesn't happen without doing it so I think that's the probably the concern across the board with that um, but yeah mine personally the selfish one is whether we finish finish the season or not I mean it's uh, you know the actual celebration side of things has already been tarnished you know it's uh, it's easy to say this for once in my, my living time that we've run away with run away the league and uh Obviously, it's, I don't think it's going to, even if it does get finished, have the same shine on it, which is a shame because I think these are uh, nobody, regardless of their their allegiance, could say that uh, anyone's really come close to us this year. Um, you know, and it's uh, over the cup. Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, for, 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 <laughs> for, for 90 minutes, they probably, for, probably could. <laughs> for, um, for, for 90 minutes. You know, and I think it's. Uh, <laughs> Troy Dini, yeah, Troy Dini won't let you was, forget that. Just we'll, so you talk, know. we'll talk to Troy about ag- aggregate scoring <laughs> over the past four meetings. Um, but, you know, I think it's one of those where yeah. it's, uh, like the Eredivisie said today, they're talking about cancelling. So, I don't know, it doesn't, doesn't bode well. Um, 
you know, and it's uh, it's just a shame we didn't get a couple more games in. I think we probably could have finished it off, but uh, that's probably the worst thing for me, and it's it's very selfish. But that's that's where I live. No, it's, I mean it's completely understandable. I feel when this all first started and all the situations came out where like you null and void the season, I was like kind of <laughs> laughing about it because it'd be pretty. It would be I don't know if it, it would be funny, but it would be like just classic that like the one you know you guys have been waiting for a title for 25 yeah forever basically essentially so that was interesting but the more and more this goes on i'm just like if you do void or cancel it just you know give you all the title but i feel from an actual the thing that really sucks for you guys is the fact that you only need to win two more games and if you you wanted an anfield like that would have been amazing like that atmosphere in that situation like if you like that would have been great like i always remember the when Aguero scored to to win City their first title in forever or ever maybe that was amazing like like the the atmosphere there so Anfield would have been just like it would have been, bounce. would have been bouncing and that's that the uh, for sure and that's that's the the sad thing like, obviously yes. the reason it won't get given to us not I don't believe it will um, the reason it won't is because obviously we'll say well you could lose what is it eleven matches and then nine matches in a row no you don't think they'll give it to I, you I don't know. Really? I do. Uh, I, I do. think they yeah, will. I, do. I, do. I hope they don't, just so I can hold it over Ed for the rest of his life. <laughs> hold, up, hold over the fact that you went through one of the worst That's seasons awesome. in your team's history. Oh, don't worry. Yeah, it's true. Worst two okay. seasons. In the, name, <laughs> in the words of Ricky Bobby, if you aim first, you're last. So... But but we but but we were we yeah. were first though. But so you didn't just, win it. Yeah. You didn't win it. <laughs> that doesn't hold it doesn't hold water, does it? I was gonna say I was gonna say remade a European <laughs> final, but then you're like you guys made you Don't won forget the, the World Cup <laughs> right on the list of it. Yeah. Every 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 professional footballer's uh, <laughs> Or my favorite, my favorite, the community yeah, Garber, shield that every Garber team that was, doesn't win exactly. it makes yep. fun of the team for winning it. <laughs> yeah. Garber was claiming that uh, City's the only one who's won, won civil, silverware this year. I guess 2020 is probably accurate, but Liverpool did win the Club World Cup, so you did have the, the first. Okay. So then we have two probably. because we got the community shield. <laughs> Okay, so you did. So you're the you do have the first trophy there, and we we couldn't play our, we couldn't play that's ourselves in the community shield, so they let our they let uh, Liverpool come play. That's true, but it's true. <laughs> that's interesting. I I didn't I don't think I didn't think you'd be that pessimistic about them. No, I don't. Not giving it to you I guys. I, I think, think they're going to give it. To I think, them. I think they have be, to. It's, as you see, with all the notes and press notes and leaks of all these meetings and the way they're happening with the Premier League. It's uh, it's very self-serving. I think I said last week. I think the only way to do it is to have, in the English game, anyways, have the top two teams that would get automatic promotion be promoted, and have no relegation. Then everybody would just be at a level playing field budgetarily, except the Premier League. And God knows everybody, they can they can take take that hit on the chin. But uh, yeah. the argument's going to be if you're going to give titleists, you're not going to give. You can't give relegation at this point because that is obviously millions and millions and millions of pounds in uh, taken away, you know, as opposed to given. So I think that's going to be the 
that's going to be the caveat. Yeah. And let's look at the way football clubs are run. They're a travesty. So, I mean. Yeah. 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 I think that's actually been one of the uh, – if you haven't been paying attention to how football clubs are run, I think that's been eye-opening for some of those folks. that are like, oh, these clubs are actually depending like almost well, – Let's, let's move on, on before I crack out some of the hard stuff. So. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, another selfish one is Champions League because because why? For the first time, <laughs> the first time ever, for the first time ever, it seemed like we had momentum in the competition. Um, just went into the Bernabeu and beat Madrid. Had all the, everybody was calling that tie over, even though it was only, I mean, two away goals, but two one. But everybody in the world, they looked like a dead man walking. And now, I mean, I don't think they're going to do – Champions League's done, right? European yeah, so, so that's done. Yeah, and then over. if we get a ban from Champions League, it was like – that was the big moment every City fan was looking forward to this year was winning the Champions League this year under the two-year ban and just giving them the big middle finger. So that was something that I was really looking mm-hmm. forward to. Guarantee Odomendi would have gotten sent off in a game, though, before that to not allow that to happen but <laughs> no that was that was something i was really looking forward to kind of the opposite of ed from last year like we're we're in flipped positions with the league and champions league and i was fired up for that because every other year when it comes to the knockout rounds it's you can expect some sort of crazy mistake in a first leg to take us out of a tie I I wholeheartedly believe like this is just random. I believe you guys would have won. I the I, I really feel it too. Just, Obviously, I'm biased, but I, I you know me in years past, I would have never said that. Anytime it was a Champions League game, I basically said I'm waiting for an epic mistake and for us to go down two goals in five minutes. But this year, I had the feeling like I really and it. You could just see it in the players' faces every Champions League game they played. Like at Madrid, you go down one nil, even though you're outplaying them. That could have been a total fall apart moment, and it was the complete opposite. I, I just think nothing motivates athletes. I mean, if we just were talking about the Jordan document at the top of the episode, like, nothing motivates top athletes like the capability right. to just say "f you" to whomever, whomever. You, you begin just, to like, take things sure. personally, and when that and, happens, that's the greatest form of motivation. Oh, absolutely. Right. I mean, you don't even need like they always talk about in American sports the, the bulletin or locker room material or whatever the bulletin board material. Like that's just it right there. Yeah. Okay. I've got a couple things not as Mr. serious Mr. as Mr. Lewis what do you or got? Ed because we we don't win. Uh, but uh, might surprise people. But <laughs> yeah. Mustafi's form uh, before football got cancelled. He's a player I didn't rate. He's been terrible for a long time. But uh, the last month. The, <laughs> The last month or so before the, it got called off, he was actually our best defender. I think um, he was actually playing re- really, 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 really well. Uh, so him, mm-hmm. I think the break in football is probably going to help, going to hurt him. People's 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 minds what? are people's minds listening to this right now are just blowing up. They're like, what? I was going to hold right my laugh, but I heard <laughs> the true. other laugh, it's, and it's I couldn't true. stop. <laughs> and when you look at him, it's like true. if you watch him, he actually was our best defender. Tackles made and all that stuff. He's actually in the last month before it got cancelled, he was doing extremely well, uh, and that's hard for me to say because I wanted him sold for years now. Uh, the other player, um, Sisson, touched on all of the youth guys, which 
you know, I'm a big fan of them. I'm gonna miss watching them. Uh, Eddie N N uh, Ketia, yeah, because he finally is getting oh, some time. He's the one, and uh, he reminds yeah, me a little bit of um, Ian Wright a little bit, where he's not gonna do a- anything flashy or crazy, but he makes the right runs. He get the ball into the box, and he always seems to find his way there and just puts it home. Uh, so. Those two, I think, are the people that are going to be hurt the most from it. People that had built up a nice little run of games and now going to be starting from the back again. Yeah, I, I, I don't... I think Mickey will... Mikel Arteta for the uninitiated. I think he'll I think he'll keep that in mind for sure. But like I, like you said, you're losing a year of development and possible like extensive game time in the, in the run-in for sure if, if things kind of went bad you could just sort of play those guys and I think Eddie's a yeah Eddie's a perfect example of that he's a really good shout there for sure um, alright guys well we're hitting the Fantasy 11 portion so last week um, we started out our Fantasy 11 I, I I put this question to the to the squad here that you can come up with any fantasy 11 you want, the only rule is you have to be current players and you had to pick a manager. So, Lewis, I'm going to start with you, but before you go, <laughs> I'm going to just recap your, your back four <laughs> or five, I'm sorry, and uh, and your manager. So, Lewis, last week, we're calling this the banter 11, or I'm sorry, the shithouse 11. So, shithouse. the manager was Diego Simeone <laughs> playing a 4-3-3 formation. Yep, 4-3-3 formation. Tim Cruel was your keeper, which amazing, just absolutely amazing. <laughs> uh, Kolasinac uh, was your, I guess, left back. Uh, Godin and Ramos, which are actually really good defenders, but also just absolute shit houses. And then Alves was your right back. So Danny He's Alves. playing so, in Brazil. Uh, is he still playing? By the way, I have to double check yep. that. Is does he? I believe calling? so. In Tur- oh, also okay. one, one more trophy and the player. Yep. Actively. He's playing for Sao Paulo. So there you go. Okay. So uh, I said a four three yeah. three, but it's gonna All be right, a so solid, let's, let's hear uh, your triangle now. of the three. Obviously two two holding players because of course. Uh, okay. so for Garber. <laughs> Why not? The player yeah. who gets who who yeah, gets Charles. away with more yes. red and yellow cardable offenses than anyone in the history of football. <laughs> Yep. He did six fouls. It drives me crazy. So I'm going to go him on the right. (laughs) On the left side, um, Crystal Palace, Luka Milivojevic. Because if you watch him play, he's a complete asshole. And he will make a penalty. Yeah. He's great. (laughs) Yeah. One of every five games, he's going to score a pen. Yeah. He's. Yeah. And then my he quote, scores unquote, 10 goals a season and like nine is, of them are uh, Matteo Guendouzi. N- not because he fouls people, but because he's the type of player that <laughs> oh, I absolutely despise. Show. He throws himself on the floor repeatedly, <laughs> talks shit to you, whine, whines at the ref, and somehow is a decent player behind it all, but you just hate him. So there's my three. We're... The worst is with about the worst about Guendouzi is he started off mm-hmm. when he came into the league like he would do like the like fall over and grab the ball <laughs> and then and then about four games in the refs just started calling him for handball like so you just they were like 
Well, and he just like he's he's not been able to kind of recover from. I kind of like him, Doozy. I'm not gonna lie. I enjoy yeah. watching him play. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I mean, he's he's absolutely like the player you love if he's on your team, but you hate absolutely till yeah if he, if he's not. So, all right, let's go to Garbs. Um, we'll recap his team. So he had Pep as his manager, rocking a four three three as well. Oblock the keeper, Alfonso. So that's like his fifth mention this this pod. Laporte, uh, Virgil, and then Kyle Walker. So, who this are your three midfielders? Actually, way harder for me than I thought it was going to be to try to not be biased, but then I still ended up being biased. So, <laughs> it didn't go well. Like, I was <laughs> reaching to try to find people to pick, and I just couldn't do it. Um, but I did have, in my holding, I had a tough time. Um, because I consider Fernandinho is a center back now. He's that's change of position. So I didn't want to put him in there. Are you rocking? Real quick, are you rocking like a diamond? Like what are you doing? Like a diamond oh, two holding. One, one, one holding. holding. I'll How explain when this? we get there too. And my holding. Okay. I my holding. Okay. I, okay. I, I really had a hard time. I, I took Fernandinho out, but I I was it was between Busquets, which you can't go wrong, but he's just up in age. So I went with Verratti as my holding. Um. I actually really nice. enjoy watching him play. Like when I when I watch PSG play, you don't see much heart or grit from them, but he's the one guy every week that you see it from. Um, he puts in every time I watch him play, he puts in a shift, and even though he's little, he breaks up play all the time. Um, he's not scared of a challenge. So yeah, I chose Verratti there, um, and then front two, I it's biased, but I mean I think De Bruyne right now is the best guy going in the game. So that's, I don't think you need to explain much there. Um, and then the other one I chose was Bernardo Silva. I know his form hasn't been as great this year. I think he's been asked to do a little bit different stuff this year. Um, but if you kind of let KDB and Bernardo roam, I think good things happen. They find the gaps between the lines. They're really good movement. De Bruyne has gotten better and better without the ball um, defending. And a guy like Bernardo, Ted knows it from games last year, but he is not scared of a challenge. He'll go up in the air and win a ball against a guy a foot taller than him. Um, He works really hard in his own end and his quality going forward. You can play him on the left or right. He's, he's proven that. So it's, it's, I don't know. I, I know it's bias. I know it's Homer, but I do also think that City have some of the best midfield players in the world. That's a pretty pretty strong midfield, not gonna lie. But it's not gonna match mine. So here I go. So I I was doing a three five two with uh Julian Nagelsmann as my manager. In fact, I do I went a three five two, like I said. So Leno was my keeper, Kulabali. Uh, Virgil van Dijk and Elton Meccano were my uh, three center backs. Um, my right wing back I had as Gnabry. Um, obviously, just like we've already been talking about, he's been tearing it up pretty pretty hard. Um, as a holding midfielder, I had Thomas Partey, um, just because I have a big crush on him now that he's been linked with Arsenal and he absolutely has been dominating. And then Alfonso Davies was on the other side. Don't really care. Him and Gnabry can switch around. I don't really care about how they actually uh, function. So that's the the three kind of wing backs or two wing backs and plus the defensive midfielder. And then in front of those guys, I had KDB. So KDB gets a mention twice here, um, just because I think pretty much everything Garber said. He's been amazing. 
he can assist from anywhere. He scores goals from midfield. He's crazy. I mean, I think he's probably one of the best creative midfielders in the game right now, if not the best. And then next to him, I put fan favorite and <laughs> ultimate legend, Santi Cazorla. Knew that was sneaking so, in here. Um, just nice mention. Yeah, Santi. I just feel like Santi, Santi and KDB could absolutely just – I mean, I don't know – just what he's done in the last two years. He he was definitely high on the list of players I regret ever leaving Arsenal for sure, but he's a legend. He The fact that he had to basically do skin graft off his arm to repair his Achilles was crazy. And he's been, he's come back playing for Villarreal has been amazing. So I feel like I got a pretty good shout, pretty good shot of creating a lot of chances with Gnabry, Alfonso Davies, uh, Santi and KDB behind my forwards, which will be revealed. You should you should have picked so. Bayern as anyway. Your, Ted had two teams you're looking to watch. I actually had I did Pavard too. in here for a second, just because of that goalie, because of that goalie score in the World Cup, and also he's a beast. But uh, yeah, I think honestly, if you look at if you look at Bayern's squad that they built in the last year, and, and they lost some so, legends, pretty crazy, too, and just slid young guys in that have done an unbelievable job. That's true. And Timo, Timo Werner was like linked to them and it was almost all, but they thought all but done, but now it looks like Liverpool's shooting in there. So I think it's going to be, I think, the, I think we're all just going to be like Brady, the greatest Brady, Bundesliga Brady. fans of all time. I can't wait to buy my kit. So it's going to be amazing. I've, I've ne- never said it was one horse <laughs> race. Best, best league in the world. That. So. <laughs> nope. Nope. Literally. Literally. So Ted, you had two teams. So I'll start with your, I guess your official team or okay. normal team. So you had Klopp as your manager, four thirty three, Allison Keeper, Trent Alexander Arnold, Virgil Van Dyke, Koulibaly, and Rabo. So that would be yeah. pretty much the entire back line side outside and of And then uh, <laughs> holding the field, we come with a, a ball player number so, six, Frankie De Jong. Um, we've gone with okay. Oh, nice. Is he he's playing? With, uh, he? Yeah, okay. It's my team. It's where he's, he's going to play. It's your team. It's your, it's, your, it's your team. Do whatever you want. Uh, we're going to have yeah. the ball the whole time. It doesn't matter what okay. defending we do. Um, we're going to go with uh, Kevin De Bruyne as an eight. <laughs> Give him some freedom just to kind of go where he wants to get the ball. Uh, once again, we're going to have the ball, so it doesn't matter. Um, and then uh, we're just going to go reverse for Firmino as a ten. And then when mm. you see the front three, it will all make sense. Roberto Firmino, the defensive striker. You wait. <laughs> Super interesting. I've, like, what, yeah, I've been very well, fond of lately. Be... Just any City or Liverpool Twitter post is just the comment section is gold. Um, and within two, if it's a City tweet, within two tweets underneath is somebody holding up a six with the Liverpool Champions League trophies. Or if you go to anything Liverpool underneath, you see somebody holding up four trophies from the domestic league last year. And the banter gets pretty good. And uh, that's one thing that always comes up is a Firmino argument. And I see Liverpool fans always say he's a defensive striker, and I find it funny. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to say he's a defensive striker, but I will say I think we've Barcelona made the old false nine immensely popular um, and when Barcelona did it it was it was fine um, dropping somebody deep underneath and allowing people to kind of play balls in behind and create goals 
Um, I think that would be my argument. Is that he's less a, he does press extremely well because he's obviously quite selfless in the way he goes about things. But in terms of interplay and final pass things of that nature, like that's why the easy slot in as a as a number ten for me is is not not a difficult one. Um, I, I definitely I definitely think 100%. 100%. Don't have he's twenty. He's the engine that makes that whole attack work. He's, he's twenty eight now, so I mean, that's the thing is that as he gets a year older, does he just pop back one? But to uh, two bigger kind of more rangy players behind him and uh, kind of go that route which I think is would be intriguing but uh, for now I think obviously he's fine but you know you get to the two years down the line and if do you get somebody who's in more and out and out getting behind hold the ball up number nine and does it become more of a false nine I think that's uh, those options Never forget Spain won Euros with Fabregas as a false nine. And banter so, 11, banter yeah, 11, 4 4 It can do well. Yeah, okay, so let me, let me. yeah, I was going to say, I'm glad you, you so we're doing do a 4 2 2, is that what we're doing? Yeah. I just wanted to make sure I didn't know what it was. So the, ban- the banter <laughs> 11 was starting out with Alan Pardew as your manager. Yep. <laughs> Gomez as the keeper. Chilwell. Lewis Dunk, Harry yeah, Maguire. It's less of banter and more of a, an 11 that I believe could finish top four under the leadership of Chocolato, Mr. P- Mr. Pardew. Um, <laughs> Nick- <laughs> yeah, his, his nickname okay. is Chocolato. Super interesting to hear the midfield then. Yeah, because everybody says if he was chocolate, he'd eat himself. No, how did that come about? <laughs> I've, heard, I've, I've heard that from multiple, multiple sources. Okay, um, that's awesome. Did you know that? Did you know that Crystal yeah, Palace has an actual it. nightclub in their stadium? It's called Crystal. Yeah, apparently people would go to Crystal. That, that sounds about like right. a nightclub. I mean, he would be there, just hanging out. He's uh, <laughs> he's an interesting character. Not a bad player. Yeah. In his day, <laughs> Played at Palace. Um, not a bad player in his day, but uh, yeah, interesting, interesting fella. Um, anyway, so what we've done four four two with a slight a slight diamond, just with one. Who uh, is going to designate more as a holder and one attacking midfielder? But on the left midfield, we've gone with <laughs> Andros Townsend. <laughs> Wonder goal against City oh, last he's, year. He's due, he's due for one every three or four matches. Um, Legend. Right midfield, Adama Traore. You can see kind of what we're looking for here in terms of okay. the, the, the two, the two centre yep. forwards. Holding a field player, <laughs> Jordan Henderson. How, however, Henderson would kill himself having to play. In he's the shown. Game. He's, you know. he's, he's played the centre, <laughs> so he's shown not do anything. Um, ball retention, doing the dirty work, <laughs> and then number ten, kind of, just for a bit of class, but also to bring a little bit of shit out of Jack Grealish. And you wait till you get the strikers, boys. Okay. You wait till you get the strikers. This is, this is very <laughs> blinders. Andy Carroll. Oof, nope. Nope. That is, this is a team. This is a team that I believe at least get your Open League place with Pardew at the helm, if not better. Hmm. Oof. Ben You boys wait. With the strikers? Yeah, we have to figure this out. <laughs> nope. You boys wait. You boys wait. You boys wait. <laughs> I feel like Lewis, 
Lewis's team is definitely the last For sure. team I want to ever play. <laughs> I mean, that defense is just awful. Like, Oof. just would be the most. I do also want. I do also want to bring up my, uh, oh my youth player oh. that I am uh, in, intrigued to see what happens with. No, you, you didn't. I had an extra one. Oh, I'm, did I miss you? I'm sorry. I, about that, I, might, I might have stolen somebody's. My man at Real Madrid, Vinicius Junior. Does he? Does he transform himself into mm. a, into a Romario, you know, type Brazilian? Does he? Is he a Gabriel Jesus? Does he? Does he run with it, or is he just a flash in the pan? Because what I've seen from him up to this point in the minimal amounts of Spanish football that I I do take in, uh, due to honestly broadcasting rights here in the states more than anything. Um, yep. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure. I've, I'm not sure. I see what I saw from similar age imports at, at that level. Um, that's just, you know, just just my thoughts. I think he's obviously supremely talented. I think he's he's rapid. Um, but you know, you look at, and I don't really like. Not my cup of tea. But you look at Neymar at similar age. Neymar took over games at that age. Um, haven't quite seen that yet. And again, you know, I'll put myself out there as someone that hasn't seen enough Spanish football to be an expert. But uh, he's an interesting one. I think that you know, God-given ability, he's there. But uh, this again, you talk about breaks, and does the break help him? I don't think so. Um, but it's interesting to see where it goes. I don't know. Like I, I wonder. I wonder how much of Madrid's situation right now is due to, especially with these players. Like we talked about Isco earlier, and. You just said Vinicius. Uh, like, how much of that is Zidane? Like, just thinking he can get the old band back together and kind of continue along with what he did in the first three years before he left. And then how much of it is him coming back and being like, well, now I – like, because essentially Madrid's in like a – even though they are where they are, they have to – they're rebuilding their t- entire team at this point, I feel like. Like, you have – Ramos is old, um, pretty much the center. Like Veron's young still, if he's ever fit. And then your your midfield's still still old as hell. So Isco's kind of out. I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing. I think I think he has all the tools. Are you thinking he's going to no, be more like know. a Valtelli situation? I've seen like, nothing of the uh, mentality questions. You know, I think it's more. Obviously, he's in a group with you know you got Bale, Benzema. Well, I'm not even counting Bale as playing for, sure, for Madrid anymore. I mean, looking at what is it? The, what is the sign <laughs> of this buddy's golf something than Madrid? Yeah, <laughs> it's the, the, the the Wales national team was <laughs> Wales yeah. golf. But I mean, look at it. Madrid like, in that order. I, mean, I don't. I don't know his stats to be honest. I can't. You know, <laughs> that's probably my fault. But having not researched it properly, but you know, you don't you don't hear about him in the same vein as you do. You know. Even the, the young lad of Barcelona, Ansel Fati, whatever his name is, um, you hear about him and he's he's, he's making mm-hmm. the odd appearance here and there. Um, I just feel as if he's got massive, massive, massive potential and it's just going to be a case of does he take that next step and is he able to in the current kind of Madrid setup where it is. But, you know, it's interesting. It really is. Um, he's got ability though and obviously... Be having that Brazilian pedigree, you know, he's, the hunger probably won't be a question. I think it's gonna be more of a an opportunity. 
I was actually, yeah, I was actually really looking forward to the fact that we, like, like we're gonna get the we're gonna basically get the Bundesliga, and that's all. Like, but it's gonna be nice for us to be able to kind of step out. I don't know, like, how many people do watch outside. I mean, I I try to catch the big games in the Bundesliga, especially if they're on Fox Sports. But I was hoping kind of. Like you said, broadcasting rights in the U.S. with La Liga. I was hoping we'd be able to catch some of those games and stuff because uh, there's a def- there's definitely a ton of young players in there, especially in like the like the Barcelona Madrid shit. We all know, but the 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 La Liga table under them is like very interesting because there's a lot of teams that, and I don't think they're gonna play again, honestly, just in my own opinion. But I mean, the the, the teams under them are like the battle for top four is really cool. Sevilla, Sociedad, Getafe. Atletico, Valencia, like Villarreal, like those are all like. I remember brands that would have been really cool. And that league is exactly right. It all comes down to the the cable rights because when we were, well, I graduated college two thousand ten, but like in college and after college, ESPN had the rights for La Liga, and I could go on at any time and watch full match replays on um, ESPN.com, and I watched a ton of La Liga. I was familiar with all the players, all the teams, everything, and then all of a sudden, boom, with the BN TV or whatever it is, I, I don't get that, and I'm not willing to pay another $100 a month to get it. Mm. But I would love to consume it. I mean, we, we get a good chance to watch Bundesliga here because Fox has the rights for all those, but that's kind of where I am with it is whatever I can get to, whether it be on my iPad or on my TV, that's what I'm watching. So it's just tough to stay up on that league. Yeah, the streaming. So it depends. Also, like if you go to if you cut the cable. So which Meg and I have done in our house, we have the streaming services. Um, they actually offer BN. So that was that was cool. So that actually helped out a lot for sure, just to be able to watch certain certain games. But like, yeah, you have to. Otherwise, like if you have Directv or whatever, it is, you have to pay for it. And like you're right. I remember when ESPN had all the La Liga games, and now La Liga has moved to. I'm sorry, ESPN has moved to Serie A, which was pretty cool, like, honestly. I right. Mean, I pay for ESPN. Plus. It's all behind a paywall, but I already pay for it for anyway for FA Cup games. So, you, know, so you have the ability – or even, like, just college football games. So, that was that was fine, and that was cool. So, I think I'm, – I'm interested to see, like, does – do, uh, like, in this time of sports where there's literally no sports going on, if something is going, do you just open it up for everyone to watch, or do you just become greedy and just – We'll find out. We'll still uh, – I'm see how it happens. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, Vinicius, that's a good one. I don't know. Did anyone else have any like one that you're interested? I, th- I think next any next other week guys is or anything the, else uh, that you any more for any the more Newcastle discussion. Once we get a bit more clarity, clarity sure. on what's happening, but uh, you know, I think uh, I saw a couple Premier League commentators today, like analysts, have kind of probed a little bit and asked uh, the, the league to kind of look into the. Look into that a little bit more, obviously, just based upon, again, I think not to pick on City, but, you know, when the financial fair play stuff comes in and you're adding another similar type, you know, somebody without any limitations, I think is, you know, publicity sometimes can be a bad thing. And I think if we have, you know, somebody just flooding the league with cash and, you know, it ends up, we fast forward two or three years and then it ends up everything they did doesn't really count anymore. It's bad for the league as well as the club itself. So I think that'll be, be intriguing because obviously it is a uh, yeah. everything we did counted by Up the way. To now, yeah. Uh, but like, but obviously, <laughs> you know, look at the next one, will it? You know, that's the question. And obviously, if they've come in and it's already questions being asked on the front end, that would be a concern, I think, for 
I never. We'll get we we'll get Miguel Delaney to jump hey? into that for us. Miguel hey? Delaney hey? is uh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly though, that we can have a full on half of some scenarios There's yeah. a lot of different topics and ways you your way you can discuss it. I mean like how is it on the football fans' responsibility to kind of push that, like, what is, you know, or like to, to stand up to that, like, is it their fault, like all that stuff for sure. Um, I mean, if you think even just PSG full out admitted that they they paid so much for Neymar and Mbappe because they wanted to inflate the market so no one else could afford them, like that's why they did it. So like, there's that. But it's like, look, clubs aren't certain clubs aren't the only ones. City aren't the only ones. PSG. To it, Barcelona and Real to some standpoint, and now we'll see what happens in Newcastle for sure. 